Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. God is good, amen. I know last week we said, uh, I said that, you know, today we'd be talking about communion with our neighbors. Well, I want to, I want to push that for next Sunday because I, I want to stay in this vein of communion with God. Because even though we talked about that last Sunday, all last week, it, it was just, it, it just kept happening moments after moments, at least in my life. I don't know about anybody else. And I don't, I don't think it's God decided to, he decided one day, he was like, okay, Lindsay, I'm going to start fellowshipping with you now. I think he's always wanted to fellowship with us. But one of the good things about the fast is you have to fast and sacrifice your flesh. And I think where we were doing the fast, finally, I was, I was able to hear what he's always been saying. And it was just each day, there was just a moment. There was just one of those powerful moments where I could sense he was in the room where I, he would just drop one bar. I remember I was working one of the days. That was a blessing in itself to get to work last week. Me and Kelsey get into work. Um, don't feel like it physically sometimes on our bodies. Don't feel like it when the baby's crying. But at the end of the day, that was a blessing that we got to work. But I remember one day I'm driving the car in between houses, putting letters in the box. And uh, I, had this, I had this instant conviction. Oh, I haven't. Lord, I haven't really talked to you much. I'm like, let's take this time, Lord. Lord, you know what? What's on your mind? And he just gave me a one-liner. He said, just the will of the Father. And instantly, my knees just begin to buckle. I'm sitting down in the car, but just my knees buckled. And I'm like, oh, God, like, that's a powerful statement of all the things you could be thinking about, just the will of the Father. And I'm like, Lord, what is? And, And in my mind, I begin to think about how Jesus echoes the heart of God. You know, growing up and even... Up until recently, it's, it's, it's tempting to try to see them as separate. It's tempting to be like, okay, well, God, God is doing his thing and Jesus is doing his thing. Or, you know, it's almost like the mom and dad parent. The one parent tells you no, so you go to the next parent. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we, you know, we feel like, well, you know, God is God. So let me, let me go pray to Jesus. Jesus, you know, like I, I really desire this. Da, da, da. But at the end of the day, Jesus only does what the Father tells him to do. Jesus loves because God loves. Jesus and God, they're, they're inseparable. They are one or the other. So the son echoes the heart of the father. Last week we talked, about, um, we talked about God's vision for this church, which is becoming a people of communion, becoming people of fellowship, where we fellowship with God. We pray, we talk, we, we, we worship, we read our scripture. We, we have no problem with doing these things. Now, we don't do these things so we can accrue uh, credits. We don't do these things so we can accrue uh, uh, bonus points. Now, McDonald's is doing uh, a point system, which I think is funny, but as many Happy Meals, they really should have did it when we lived in Florida because, man, we was Happy Mailing every Tuesday because they had a special on Happy That's when you know you're a parent, when you're searching for the kids' meal specials throughout the week. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it is. I went to got. I went and got had meals last night. There's like non non something. I was like, Ooh. I'm like. So last night when the boys were eating, Daddy, I'm done. Oh no, you ain't. You ain't done. You, you better. You better clean the crumbs out that box. All right. <laughs> Daddy, about almost paid as much as your meal that I pay for mine, and I'm an adult. <laughs> so, 
Well, you, you better you better clean that. You don't like that toy, you better play with it. Or think of somebody, let the Lord tell you somebody to give that toy to. Like, <laughs> or, yeah, if it's a scary one, we'll throw it away. But every ounce, of, all the crumbs, eat them. <laughs> you need some ketchup. If ketchup's going to help you wash it down, let's go. So whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, reading and praying and, and just spending time, it's not that we're trying to earn credits because at the end of the day, you can't earn credits. There's no they I'm, I'm so thankful that we don't live on a uh, on a uh, reward system with God, Amen. you know, where you have to do so much to, to get something. And it's easy because in church, we we've grown up to believe that there has to be a formula in order to get God to bless us. There has to be a formula in order for God to move on our behalf. But there's not Jesus. It's just Jesus. Jesus solved the equation. The problem was there's a gap between us and God. Jesus saw, he bridged the equation. I wasn't great at math, so I'm not going to keep going with the uh, math examples. But at the end of the day, Jesus solved the equation. He was the highest power. Hey, the highest power solved the equation. You and I, we couldn't, we couldn't deal with it. We could not, uh, we kept missing the mark. Mankind kept missing the mark. Mankind kept sinning. We said last week that sin uh, in the Greek is a word called hamartia. And that word hamartia, when you break it down, ha, which is uh, without. And ma is what uh, means without form. Altogether means without form. Which So sin, it means two things, to miss the mark, and it means have a distorted identity. And when I think of the word distortion, I think of a guitar. You know, if you uh, if you just pull a guitar off the shelf and start to play with it, you know, you can barely hear it. It kind of sounds like you plucking, plink, 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 plugging into an amplifier. You can hear the plink, 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 plink. But when you turn that distortion mode on, it goes from plink, plink, plink to And I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to play the guitar. I wanted to play electric, distorted guitar. I remember one time at Granny's house, she was like, she's like, baby, you want me to get you some piano lessons? I said, no, Granny, only girls play the piano. I want to play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember me tell you that. I re- <laughs> I think God was up in heaven laughing. <laughs> Watch this, y'all. He, he, look, he looked at Michael. He looked at Michael and Gabriel. He's like, watch this, y'all. Watch this, people. <laughs> Fast forward. Everybody just worship as I'm playing the piano. He's just in heaven like, yep, yep. And every time I try to play a guitar, I get frustrated. So he's just like, ha, 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 ha. You know, what'd you say now? What'd you say a few years ago? He does have a sense of humor. But now I'm like, all right, Lord, you made your point. But, you know, if you want to. Help me with that. Help me get over the frustration every time I try to pick up guitar and, and struggle with the frets and all that. If you want to just give me that grace, that peace to help me do that, that'd be nice. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I've been humbled. They, we used to have this joke in Bible college. If you say you're humble, you're not humble. So I, I heard somebody say that in my head. As soon as I said, I'm humbled, I heard that go across. So, so forget that joke, Lord. Just do it. But uh, real quick, let's pray before we really get started. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your presence already here. Thank you for your presence surrounding us. Thank you, Lord, that you were you are waiting on us, Lord, as we sleep. You watched over us as we slept, Lord, eagerly anticipating fellowship with us today, eagerly anticipating talking and walking with us. So, Lord, I thank you as we learn more about you, Lord, give us the very things that we need in order to continue this fellowship, not just this week, for the, but for the rest of our lives, Lord for the rest of our lives to help us continue fellowshipping with you, Lord. And I know, Lord, as we grow in you, 
uh, our flesh begins to die. Our flesh begins to die, Lord. And, and your word says, Lord, that you will draw all men to you. So I thank you as this church grows, it grows because we reflect you because you draw all people to you. People are only drawn to you, not to us, not to our abilities or inabilities, not to what we can do, what we can bring to the table Lord. no, simply because of you. Lord, so therefore produce in us the very thing that draws all people to you in us. In Jesus name, everybody said, amen. amen. I just had that revelation while I was praying. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all, everybody wants the church to grow. If you don't want the church to grow, then we can talk at the service and we'll pray for you. Throw some bacon grease because we're off the fast now. Throw some bacon grease on you and, you know, cast that out. But at the end of the day, we all want to grow. You know, when we look at a plant, if you've ever, uh, I remember, um, no, 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 yeah. If, you, if you've ever tried to plant something, you know, uh, if it's not growing, why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? Okay. If you if it's if it's not growing, if there's nothing sprouting out of the ground, what's the first thing we ask? Like, oh, is it dead? Is it not working? You know, we do I not give enough water, or do I need to put it more in the sun? You know, oh well, the sun you know stays on this side of the house longer, so let me go put it on this window or whatever it is. We judge the uh, we judge the process based off of what we can see, and if there's no growth, then that means the opposite is happening, which is death. If the tree isn't growing, it's dying. If the tomato vine isn't growing, it's dying. If, if something or someone or an organization is not growing, the only opposite, there's no gray area. There's no, you know, like, oh, well, let's wait until we decide to grow. No, it's, it's either grow or die. And understand this, as we continue to grow, true growth looks like Jesus. It looks like when you walk in the building, oh, that, yeah, that, that's Miranda, but I see Jesus in Miranda. Or when, watch this, when we go to work and people like, can you describe working with Drea? You know, she's more, she's more like, it's more like Jesus than, than Drea. I mean, Drea's sweet, but I, there's just something about her that's, that's divine. Or, or this, you know, the testimony, like I said last week, the testimony for this church and the testimony for us needs to be when people get around us, you know, the dead things come back to life. I'm not talking about physical hearts. I'm not, you know, that'd be great if physical heart or physical bodies come back to life. But I'm talking about there's there's an awareness of God's presence that begins to come back to life. There's joy that begins to bubble up again. There's there's a renewal uh, for the things of God. There's a renewal for the desire and for the passion of God. Amen. Amen. That should be the testimony when people get around us. And we talked about that last week. So I want to I want to stay in that same vein. But Today, I want to do something I've, I, uh, as a youth pastor, I always dreamed of doing. I think I may have did it one time, but um, still today, I want to, uh, we're going to break down that, uh, that song that we um, sang earlier as far as it's called the Communion Song by Maverick City. Um, if you ever, if you haven't had the chance to listen to it, I definitely encourage you to add it. Uh, this service is not sponsored by Maverick City, but if they want to sponsor, they all show can, you know. Uh, but the song we're saying is called the Communion Song by uh, by Maverick City. I think Miranda sent it to me earlier last year, and it was at the bottom of the list. And uh, it was so funny because when I first saw it, I was like, Communion Song. I mean, I guess that'd be good around Easter or something. I never heard of it, you know. Just, and but that goes to show when it comes to communion, it's so easy to clump communion into just the the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the the grape juice or whatever it is that you do. But communion is so much more than that. That's just, you know, that's just the, the surface level, scratching the surface. But communion in itself is fellowship manifested in action. Fellowship manifested in action. <coughs> and I love the song that we sang earlier. You know, the, the, uh, the first verse, 
literally says, we are returning to the place we've always belonged, right here with you. That's that's the lyrics for the verse. Man, you know, a lot of times most Christians, we believe that we, as, as the days get closer, that uh, we believe that we are getting closer, um, closer to the end of days closer to God, but the, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, up until uh, maybe a few days ago, I was thinking about, like, uh, there was something else in the news, and I'm just like, oh, man, we really are getting closer to the end of days, and the Holy Spirit dropped this in my, uh, just in my heart as far as, let's change the narrative of that, but we're not getting closer to the end of days. Really, we are returning to the original tent of God's heart. We're not getting closer to the end of days. We're returning to the original intent of God's heart. God's desire is to be with us. God's desire is to be with us. Yes, the days are, we're getting closer to the end of days, but don't look at it as we're getting closer to the end of days. Look at it as, you know what? We're returning more back to the original intent of God's heart. And I can prove it in Revelation chapter 21. You don't, if you want to turn there, you can. If not, I'm going to read it, but because I'm going to be giving a lot of scripture today. But Revelation chapter 21 Verse one through one through three says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Now, I love this because uh, there's something that's shared. There's a very uh, there's something that's very familiar about this verse. God is with his people once again. And, you know, yes, we've seen God be with his people through Jesus. But then we see another time in the original beginning where God was with creation, which was the Garden of Eden. You know, it's 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 not it's not ironic that um, at the you know, once all this is said and done, that we will be back with God. Why we're we're returning back with God? Why? Because God, when he created man, when he created the whole earth, the purpose was for him to dwell with us. And that's what he had the, the joy and pleasure of doing with Adam and Eve until they sinned. But we're we're not getting it. The days aren't ending. We're returning more to God's heart, God's intent. When people say, oh, man, the end of the earth is about to come. No, 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 no. We're, we're about to be with God again. We're about to walk among God again. He's a, and the Bible says that his, his promise is that I will be their God and they will be my people. You know, it's like a relationship. If, if you was ever in a relationship in high school or even in middle school, you know, the, oh, that's my boyfriend. Yeah, you my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. Oh, you know, all the little puppy love. And they, they have this claim over each other. I think about that whenever I hear God say, I will be their God, and they will be my people. God is putting his claim on you. And the cool thing about that is there's no conditions based off of it. He doesn't say, I'm going to be their God as long as they dress a certain way or as long as they you know, make sure they keep up their, their, their uh, Bible reading or prayers or make sure they, they only watch Christian movies or only watch pure flits or only listen to Christian music or only listen to Caleb or whatever it is. No, no, no. He said, I will be their God. And they will be my people. They will be mine. They will belong to me. You know, uh, if you've ever been part of a uh, a family or a membership, you know, as far as what, and I think of that, I think of Sam's Sam's membership club. You know, you go to Sam's, you join the Sam's membership club, you get discounts. You know, can't nobody else get those discounts. We get them. And uh, but when God says they will be my people, God is saying everything that I have it is now yours. Amen. We get to be that. 
And that's, that's what I think about in the first verse of that song, Communion. But the next part of it is, take me back to the garden. Lead me back to the moment I heard your voice. Take me back to communion, which is fellowship. Lead me back to the moment I saw your face. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about being a, uh, yeah, uh, sometime last year, I remember we talked about being a person of worship, which worship is just intimacy. It's just that face-to-face, that closeness. And, you know, it's so easy to think about worship music as a genre of music, but understand this, worship is not a genre of music. It's not, a, it's not the slow part of the service. It's not the, you know, the stillness. No, worship is just face-to-face. It's when heaven presses, or it's when you face, or it's when you press your face upon heaven. And uh, one of my favorite worship artists, one of my favorite Christian artists, I'll say that, his name is Jonathan David Helser. And he describes, um, he describes the, the moment that Adam and Eve were created. He describes that as worship. <clears throat> he describes it this way. I had to write it down. But he says, worship is not a genre of music. It's a position of the heart before God. It's a position before the heart of God. It means to bow and press your face against the earth. Listen to this. How did God form us? He knelt on the clay of Eden, and he scooped up dirt. He fashioned one one person in his image. Then heaven pressed its face against earth and kissed the dust. And Adam opened his eyes, and him and God both looked at each other and said, Oh my gosh, you look just like me. Adam was so close to God that he could see his reflection in the eyes of God. And at that moment, God could see his reflection in the eyes of Adam. We are created in the image of God. To the point that when God looked at Adam, he saw himself. I know it's crazy to think about it, but when God looks at you, he sees himself. That was the whole point of Jesus, to renew, to take those blinders back off to where we can see God and be like, oh, wow, that's who I come from. Wow, that's my perfect father. Wow, that's, that's the family I belong to. That's who I'm returning to. And that's what, we, that's what we sung this morning when we said, you know, take me back to the garden. Take me back to that moment where, where I could see my reflection in your eyes, God. Because it's, it's easy to, I'll be honest, when you look on social media, you're not going to see re- your reflection. When you look at people you went to school with, you're not going to see your reflection. When you look at your bank account, you, you ain't going to see your reflection. When you see those bills, you don't see your reflection. When you, when you hear the insecurities, you don't, you, you, don't hear, you, know, you don't hear who you truly are. But in the garden, before Adam and Eve sinned, they, they walked with God in the cooler day, and they could see God, and God could see himself in them. So when we sang earlier, take me back to the garden, lead me back to the moment I heard your voice. Take me back to fellowship. Take me to the place I saw your face. The next line in the song is, and it was all so simple. It was easy to love. No space between us, and it was easy to trust. See, when Adam and Eve missed the mark, that's what we would call sin. And sin became a gap between mankind and a holy God. See, I understand this before, you know, before they sinned. You know, it's just, it was them and God. It's them, God, and creation. And I'll be honest, I, uh, I don't know if uh, I'm glad God created Adam versus putting Lindsay in the garden because I, I don't know how I would have done with all those creatures. Yeah, I wouldn't have been afraid, but at the same time, you know, I ain't really a creature kind of person. You know, I'm good to watch creatures. I'll go to the zoo as long as they enclose. 
the animals enclosed, but even when we went to the zoo this last time, you know, on the field trip of Montessori, and uh, we went to, and bless their heart, they were doing their best, you know, I guess the animals had COVID, I don't know, but they were social distancing or something, because there weren't a whole bunch around. So we get to the little lion area, and I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pumping, killing, and keeping up. Oh, we're going to see some lions. We get up there, ain't, you know, there's kind of mount laying around, like, you know, just, well, come on, you know, wow, you know, they ain't doing nothing. And uh, finally, one gets up. And if you've ever, if you've ever uh, seen, if you've ever been to the zoo and seen a lion, like still at the end of the day, just looking at a creature like that is amazing. And for me, it makes me think of God, like, wow, God, like. And you, you hold me as the apple of your eye, but I'm looking at this physically. And it was a female lion. And I remember as she gets up, you know, she walks around a little bit. And she kind of just growls, just a little just, <sighs> I was like, ooh. Ooh, you know, it reminded me, it put me back in my place. Like, okay, you know, like, you, yeah, all right. And I remember uh, uh, the male lion just happened to, as she walked uh, past our direction, the male lion was watching her, but he stopped. And nobody else saw this because I, I immediately told Kelsey, she was like, oh. you know, the kids didn't see it. But that male mind looked at me, locked eyes on me. I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't move. I could, even though there was a gate in front, I could not move. I was, oh, God, <laughs> this could be the end. <laughs> like, do I have my affairs in order? Lord? If I need to repent right now, Lord, right now, take care of everything, everything I know and unknown, forgive me of everything. You know what? Make sure uh, I ain't leave no will or anything. So I hope Kelsey knows. Uh, let the boys divide up. I'm thinking all, like, if this is the end, it's over. Instantly, just with that lock, that stare of him staring at me and just me freezing. And I'm like, Phew. So I couldn't have been Adam and Eve just, you know, running around playing with lions and all that stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do it. You say you could? I nope. Nope. And I'm thankful that I'm here instead of back there. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But I, but I think about moments of, or I'm thinking about people in the Bible like Adam and Eve or even David. Um, you know, it was nothing for him to slay uh, a giant. It was nothing for him to defend the sheep from lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. It was, but even I think about, I think about Benaiah. The fact that if you've never read, uh, if you never heard about Benaiah, that's uh, that's who Kellen, his middle name, that's who's named after in the Bible. But I think it's Second Samuel chapter 23, where Benaiah literally chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. Chased the lion. The fact that the lion can turn and look at Benaiah and be afraid. Turn and look at him and be afraid. It, it, it marvels me. But. You know, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they, they created this, uh, this gap between mankind and a holy God. But Jesus atoning for my sins and your sins erased that gap between you and God. The atonement erased that gap. Jesus dying on the cross and raising on the third day erased that gap. And because of what he did, there's nothing that separates you from the love of God. Amen. Nothing that separates you from the love of God. Paul says the best in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, if you want to turn there, you can. If not, I'm going to read it. But Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39, we're still talking about communion, still talking about fellowship. Listen to this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Mm. Doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. For your uh, uh, threatened with death. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I'm going to reread that. 
despite all these things, despite being persecuted, despite going hungry, despite destitute, despite danger, or despite being threatened with death, despite all those things, overwhelming victory. Somebody say overwhelming. That means that means you are so victorious that you can't fathom it. You can't handle it. You can't understand it. It's you just wake up. All I do is win, win, win. Yeah, that's what I think of when I hear that scripture. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor I love this part, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth, below indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is revealed through Jesus. But I love that. I love that little tag. Not Not the worries of today. Not the worries of tomorrow. It's easy to worry about what tomorrow is going to bring. Or it's easy to worry about, okay, six months from now, Lord, is this going to be my life six months from now? Is this going to be my life six years from now? Lord, what's my life going to look like 10 years? Those worries can't separate you from God's love. Those worries can't separate you from God's love. Which brings us to the course. That's why we are closer and closer. That's why God is closer and closer than your skin. Literally, the words say, because you are closer, closer than my skin. You are in the air I'm breathing in. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28. Paul says, the true God is the creator of all things. He is the owner and Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And he doesn't live in man-made temples. He supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. He doesn't lack a thing that we mortals could supply for him. For he has all things and everything he needs. For one man, Adam, he made every man and woman in every race of humanity, and he spread us over all the earth. He sets the boundaries of people and nations, determining their appointed times in history. He has done this so that every person will long for God, fill their way to him, and find him. For he is the God who is easy to discover. Now listen to this. This, this, this is the key verse. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity. That's why we're able to sing that chorus that, God, you're closer and closer than my skin. Why? Because your existence is based in Jesus. Paul said in Acts, or the, uh, Luke said in Acts uh, chapter 17, verse 28, that your existence, we live, we move, our being, our being, that's a very broad statement. Why? Because guess what? All of who you are, somebody say all of me, Makes me think, yeah, makes me think of John Lennon. All of me. Uh-huh. All, you're, all of who you are <laughs> is in Jesus. Watch this. If he didn't exist, you don't exist. If he didn't exist, you don't exist. Be- better yet, because he's redeemed all of you. All of you. Because he's forgiven all of you. Because he is placed at the right hand of God, because God holds him highly, because God looks at him and loves him and cherishes him. Guess what? God loves you and cherishes you. Amen. All of your existence is found in Jesus. That's why we can say nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because I'm in him. I'm in him. 
Somebody say, I'm in him. And here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart beating again. It feels so good to know you are my friend. The fact that we get all that and, and we're able to call Jesus a friend. See, you know, like my uh, one of my best friends, it wasn't, you know, we didn't see each other one day and thought, oh, you have the stuff I need. You're going to be my best friend. No, it started out as conditional. Why? Because no, per- no one person goes up and says, you know what, me and you, we're going to be best friends. You're going to have the very words of wisdom I need, and I'm going to have the very words of wisdom you need. In the moment of crisis, I will be there for you. You don't know about No, no, no. It always starts out at, oh, man, those are some nice shoes. Or, oh, uh, that's your kid? Yeah, that's my kid. Oh, cool. I got a kid. You know, I don't. It's, it's always it's always small talk. It's always trying to find, you know, that common ground. Mm-hmm. And then but uh, and then, you know, over time, the friendship develops. And then over time, uh, as long as everything is as cordial, you know, like you texting back and forth or calling or sending memes, sending jokes, whatever it is, whoever, uh, however the friendship is with you and your best friend. But, you know, at the end of the day, still, that's conditionally based. At the end of the day, it's conditionally back with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We are friends with him and he is friends with us because it is God's desire to fellowship with you. Yeah. Why? Because God seats it. God seats it. Amen. Amen. So I want to give you three examples based off of that course. Let me just read it one more time. Here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart beating again. It feels so good to know you are my friend. Three examples. Last week was one of them. What we read in Luke chapter 24 were those two Jesus followers. They walked with Jesus. Uh, theologians debate whether it's 7 to 17 miles, but they walked with Jesus. They walked. They did three things. They walked, talked, and listened. Walked. Somebody say walked. Walked. Talked. Talk. And listened. Listen. And you know what the end result was? The end result was at the end of it, they said, oh, didn't our hearts burn as he walked with us? And talked with us and watched us and shared everything about himself. Amen. That's what fellowship looks like. Did they did they did they pay? Did they say, Oh, oh, Jesus, look how much of the Torah we have read? No, no, no. They just walked with them. They shared their life, they shared their grievances, they shared their confusion, they shared everything they understood and didn't understand, and they listened. And the end result was there was something that burned. There was a passion that was reignited within them. They returned to their original state. They returned to their original love for God. They returned uh, all the doubts that they had about Jesus. It burned out. Because, see, they went into that walking and talking and listening. They went into it with doubts about Jesus being who he said it was. Because if you look it up, they didn't, they didn't understand how Jesus the Messiah could die. Well, he must not be who he said he was. If you have doubts with God, I encourage you to start walking with him. Start talking with him and start listening. And guess what? Those doubts, they're going to go. They're going to go. Why? Because Jesus is going to remind you who he always has been. You know, I remember last year there was a documentary that came out. Uh, it was called The Last Dance. And I loved it because Michael Jordan had the opportunity to remind the world who he, who he always was, which was a bad man. <laughs> he was a bad man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. And listen, even even Kellen, who is five, he'll be six in a few months. But who is five? He was he was never around to to witness Michael Jordan playing. Unfortunately, Dre wasn't around to witness Michael Jordan play. It makes me sad. You know, I mean, she she was around for the Wizards, but we don't talk about that part. We don't talk about that one. You know? <laughs> That's right. We don't talk about the Wizards. But still, if you ask Kellen, who's the best basketball player? Who's his favorite basketball? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Why? Because he's just echoing what he's heard his father say all along. <laughs> Listen, to the point that Kelsey, uh, when Kelsey told him that Michael Jordan didn't play anymore, he began to sob because his heart was hurt. Why? Because he only knows what his father has told him. Therefore, he, when he watches basketball, when he watches the highlights, he's looking for Michael Jordan. Uh, up until that moment, Daddy, where's Michael Jordan? Why isn't he playing? I wasn't going to tell him, so I just, you know, he's not playing this game, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Because he wants to let all the other players play. That's right. He wants to let all the other players play. <laughs> but what, and then the other night, but watch this. The other night they was watching, they was watching a game. Uh, it was the Hornets versus the Lakers. And Michael Jordan was in the audience. And Kellen lit up. Why? Because he saw somebody that his daddy loved. He saw someone that his father loved and adored. Jesus. What do you think Jesus does the moment that you wake up in the morning? Why? Because he sees someone not only that he adores, but someone that his father adores. And all of who he is lights up. He's like, oh, here we go. Here's the moment. We're going to get to fellowship. Another day of fellowshipping with you. Now, I know some of y'all could be like, I don't feel that way when I first wake up. Or, you know, the fast is over, so now I'm going to go back to coffee or all these different, you know, I need, I need, my, oh, I need my time. I need my, you know, I got I to gotta remind myself of where I am and who I am and all this before I can just be like, oh, Jesus. But he, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind being in that moment with you, being in that process. When I wake up in the mornings, I do not feel the greatest. I had to remind myself of who I am and where I am. But I started, because of the fast, I started getting in the habit of what I, when I, when my feet touch the floor, thank you, Lord. That's all, that's all I could get out right then. After a few minutes, 20 minutes later, I'm able to be like, thank you. I go through the whole, Lord, thank you. I'm, 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 I'm ready to worship. But I make sure the first words I say is not all my back, all my knee, or, oh, Kenan. <laughs> oh, Kenan's awake, you know. Oh, it's cold or oh, it's hot. I make sure the first words I say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't just say with my, my mouth, I say with my heart. Thank you, Lord. And sometimes I, that's as I'm walking to the, to the bathroom, I just say it over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Until, it, until I could get more out. Until I could get more out. Amen? Amen. The next part of the song is, And this is the garden. Here in the place I find you close. This is communion. Here in the place I'm fully known. Here in the place I'm fully known. So I want to ask you three questions based off that. The garden was a space that God and man were in once were in one accord. Where in your life are your desires in line with Abba? Where in your life are your desires in line with Abba? You don't have to answer it. You just think about these things and meditate on them this week. And even ask God, you know what, Lord? Because David said this in, in Psalms chapter 139. Examine me, Lord. Look at my life. Examine me and whatever doesn't line up with you, Lord, you know what? Take it away. Have your way in me, Lord. If it's not pleasing to you, Lord, take it out of me. If it if it if it if it if it uh, causes me to be a, a cul-de-sac instead of conduit, take it out of me, Lord. 
I don't know if y'all remember that. A few, uh, maybe a month ago, we talked about being a, a conduit for Jesus, being a conduit of God, his glory, his presence, his, his wisdom, his anointing, everything that you've experienced. And now that you're on the other side of it, it's not meant to be stored up in you. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be carried through. Amen. If people don't listen to you, then you you know what? You find somebody else that will listen to you. Trust me, there are always somebody that there's always somebody that is seeking wisdom. There's this guy I work with. He's been doing the same job that I do. He's been doing it for 30 years. 30 years. When he started, I was in third grade. So uh every every time we work together, I ask him a question. I'm always asking him questions about like, hey, how do you get faster this? What do you do about this? Uh, do you know this house? All these different things. Why? Because he's got stuff stored in him. And he, uh, even yesterday, yesterday was a heavy, uh, it was kind of a heavy day. And still he had me, he had left the office about 25 minutes before I did. And he was complaining about how, uh, how big the workload was. And I'm like, good Lord, you, you made it seem like it was nothing, you know. So I'm always seeking wisdom from him. But he is a cult, uh, he's a conduit. He's not a cul-de-sac. He will share and share and share. There's a few things he keeps under the belt, but I told him, I said, for my birthday, you're going to share those uh, tips and tricks. I said, you got two weeks to go and write a book and let me know or whatever it is, record a podcast, whatever you want to do. He's like, I don't know how to report, record. Po-. I say, I'm glad you said that. I do. All right. So I will help you with that. <clears throat> but the next part of the song, it says, this is where I'm meant to be. This part of the bridge. It's, it's, it's beautiful. This is where I'm meant to be. Me and you and you and me. I don't have to prove a thing. You've already approved of me. I know there's times where, you know, as a human being, when we get into prayer, it's easily to be like, okay, well, uh, you know, I I really don't want to pray because, you know, this week I didn't have the purest of thoughts or, you know, this week I just I didn't get enough time to spend with God this week. So and then and then we use that as the disclaimer of, you know, all right, God, I would pray with you, but I, I, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't give you time last week or I, you know, I didn't watch the right stuff last week or, you know what, I, I slipped on the fast or I didn't fast. So, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you the time that you really need because I don't, you know, you, you deserve better. You know, you've ever been in those situations, anybody ever been in those situations, but I love that bridge because it says, um, I don't have to prove a thing because you've already approved of me. No matter, no matter how, uh, how much you have fallen short, you don't have to prove anything to God. John chapter 15, verse 16, my favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus tells the disciples and he tells us, he says, I did not ch- or you did not choose me. I chose you. John 15, 16, you did not choose me. I chose you. And I think about I think about dodgeball at Kwood, and uh, in the lower grades, whenever it came time to play dodgeball, we called it a different name. So uh, as I become an adult, you know, I've learned that that's probably not a good thing that we called it that. But anyways, dodgeball. When it came time to do dodgeball and, you know, they had the different captains, you know, you if in uh, uh, there was maybe one or two times where I got to be a captain. Well, immediately I was picking the quickest and the fastest, you know, kids or whatever, because you want you want to f- uh, stack your team with people that can help you on your mission, which is to win. So therefore, you have to do a quick examine like, oh, you know, you know, so I think about that. Now, when Jesus says you didn't choose me, I chose you. The fact that he chose us. The fact that he's invested in us means that he has to know something about us. And not only does he know something about us, he knows all of us. Why? Because your existence is found in him. But John chapter 15, verse 16 literally says that you didn't choose me. I chose you that you should go and bear fruit 
and fruit that will remain in every season. Fruit that can remain in every season. Fruit that can remain when things are good, when things are bad, when, when people are surrounding you and loving you and giving you pats on the back, or when you are an island and no one talks to you, no one deals with you. When, when people come in your life or when people leave your life, whether it's physically or just or because, of, uh, because of death. He said, I'm, I'm in you and I will help you produce fruit that can remain through all seasons. And I love that because if you think about it, in order to have fruit that produced through all seasons, it means you have to have some strong roots. It means you have to have some strong roots. It means that if you're going to have strong roots, watch this, that means you have to endure some things. That means you're going to have to endure some things. So a lot of times we look at our life and when things get rocky, when things get unstable, instantly our prayer is, God, where are you at? Lord, bring the way of escape. Well, he's like, no, no, no. I'm, tr- I'm making your roots stronger. I'm making your roots thicker. I'm stretching your roots longer. That way when the, when the really heavy stuff comes, it don't bother you. It don't bother you. It don't, it don't knock you out. Why? Because those roots are strong and solid. Amen? Amen. This is where I'm meant to be. Where am I meant to be? I'm meant to be in the place where it's just me and God. That's why when we was worshiping, I said, just make this space between you and God. Make this moment between you and God. And the last part of the song is we are returning. We are returning to the desire of your heart. And God's desire of his heart is to fellowship with us, is to be with us. So let me ask you this question. Now that the fast is over, whose desires will you return to? Whose desires will you return to? Because, see, as we fasted, we were seeking God and focusing on God and less of me, more of you. Ah. I remember being in Bible college and when we would fast and pray, you know, that would always, you know, you always had that one guy in the corner. I'm not, I, I can see him now, uh, bless his heart. He, um, he would be praying, praying super loud. Lord, less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. And when we wasn't fasting, I never heard him pray that. You know, he'd be praying all kinds of stuff. But when we fast, less of me, more of you. So it's, it's, you know, it's funny because as we fast for God, we're always like, God, less of me, more of you, less of me, more of you. And then when the fast is over, bacon, coffee, more of me, more of me, more of me, more of me, more of me. You know, because in my mind, when I woke up this morning, yes, I thank the Lord. But then I, I'm sitting in the bathroom like, oh, wait, is today what I think it is? <laughs> you know, playa, playa, is that you from the Himalayas? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, I pull out my phone, it says Sunday. I was like, yes, Sunday is here. Breakthrough Sunday is here. The fast is over. But let me say this as I close. Let me say this as I close. And then we're going to do, we're going to take communion today. Hey, buddy. We're going to take communion today. Uh, fit in that we're taking communion as we're talking about fellowship with God. But now that the fast is over, will you continue to seek God? The same that you did when you were fasting coffee or 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 certain foods or social media or tv whatever it was can you be committed to that because that's that's where the real test comes you know i know we thought that the real struggle the real test was was not eating meat or not eating sugars or not drinking coffee and yes that was a struggle or not watching certain things on tv yes that was a certain struggle but at the end of the day the real test comes from watch this the real test wasn't when jesus was in the wilderness The real test, because in the wilderness, Jesus discovered who he truly was, who he always was, which was the son of God. The real test was coming out of the wilderness and being amongst all the haters, all the disbelievers, all the people that can encourage his flesh. 
The real test in your life is not, is not truly the fast. The real test is not you going without coffee or going without social media. The real test is now that the fast is over, you going back to work and being surrounded with people that don't believe in Jesus. And the real test is you being, uh, you refraining yourself from joining in those negative conversations. You refraining yourself from watching those movies that, that don't produce anything spiritually. You refraining yourself from when you're watching TV and you feel that pulling on your heart of Jesus saying, hey, come spend time with me. You turn the TV off and say, okay, God. Versus, well, Lord, we, we fasted 21 days. You had your time. Now I got to catch up on my shows, Lord. Or I got I to gotta drink this coffee, Lord. You know, I needed to wake up when he's saying, no, 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 no. I, you live and you exist in me. I can help you wake up. You, you, you don't have to eat that. You, you don't have to do that. And I'm not saying that coffee or eating certain things. I'm not saying those things are bad. But the reasons that we do those. He's saying, no, let, let me be your reason. Let me be your reason. Because you live, you breathe, and you, you, your existence, it's in me. Your being. Somebody say my being. It's in me. Or excuse me, it's in Jesus. There we go. It's in Jesus. It is in Jesus. But that's, that's, that's God's desire for this church. And as we grow, as people come, as people go, as people come, as people go, as people come, as people go, still his, his desire doesn't change, which is I want a group of people. I want a collective that will fellowship with me. On your drive to work, fellowship with God. Talk to him. And why, just like those two Jesus followers that walked, we talked about last week, they walked with him, they talked with him, and they listened. As you drive to work, drive with him, talk with him, and listen. Most importantly, listen. Somebody say listen. listen. Any, everybody knows any relationship is no relationship if one person is talking all the time. You know, it's your relationship with God is not a monologue. It's not all about you. It's a dialogue where you, you may talk a little bit, but I encourage you to be slow to talk and quit to listen. Amen. Quit to listen. Quit to listen, slow to talk. Quit to listen, slow to talk. But that, that day last week when I said, God, what's on your mind? Or Jesus, Lord, what's on your mind? He said, just the will of the Father. I, 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 there were so many things I wanted to say, but I'm like, you know what? I, Lord, I don't think anything else needs to be said. And I just said, you know what? Lord, teach me about the will of the Father. Teach me about the will of the Father. The real test for you is going to come this week. Can you still seek him strongly? Can you still, can you still desire him strongly? Can you still desire what we had originally in the garden, which was that face-to-face -face fellowship with Jesus, that face-to-face -face fellowship with God? So tomorrow morning, thank the Lord for a new 24. I encourage you tomorrow morning, make sure you thank the Lord for a new 24. Thank God for, here, here's a challenge. Are you ready? The Lord gave me this. And when he gave me this, I was like, Lord, I don't even know how I could do that. And then when I said that, I was like, I guess that means I need to do that. But he said, here's a challenge. Thank God for the first thousand things or people you come into contact with. And I was like, Lord, how does somebody do that? What does that look like? And you know what he said? It looks like you are just in a, in a posture of thankfulness and in a posture of gratefulness. Well, Lindsay, I don't know if I could thank the first of the thousand things I see and, and see and interact with. What that really looks like is when trouble brews, oh Lord, thank you. Thank you. 
Why? Because you're used to thanking him for food, thanking him for the roof over your head, thanking him for a job. You get in the car, Lord, thank, thank you that I have a car. Lord, thank you that I have gas. May not have a lot of, you know what? Thank you, I have gas. Thank you, I got money, I could get gas. And before you know it, you lose count and you're just constantly thanking him. That the point that when opposition comes, you know what, Lord, thank you that this is opportunity for you to show yourself and remind everybody in my life who you are and how much you love me. Lord, thank you that this right here is an opportunity for you to remind yourself that I am yours and you are mine. Lord, thank you even better yet because the scripture we read. Thank you, Lord, that this opposition, this mess, this chaos, this unideal environment is a reminder that nothing can separate me from your love. That's what it looks like. Because I'll be honest, you're going to lose. If you if you try that challenge, you will lose count. And the goal is and the goal is for you just to get in that habit of, you know what? I'm seeing this the way God sees it. I'm seeing this the way God sees it. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Lord, thank you for the seeds that you have sown. Thank you for the seeds that you have sown. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't just luck of the draw that we sung that this morning, but it was intentional because we need to understand that God's desire is just for you to fellowship with him. Well, Lindsay, I want to hang out with friends. I want to hang out with boyfriend and girlfriend. I want to spend more time with my wife. I want to spend more time with this person. You can do that and include God in it. If they are the right friends, if they are the right significant other, if they are the right whatever, if they're the right cousins, if they're the right family, whatever it is, then they have no problem fellowshipping with Jesus with you. I remember that was one of the things that me and Kelsey would do when we date. When we would date, we would read the Bible together some. Or we would spend some time in prayer. And we was long distance. And so imagine on the phone just beginning to pray. And I knew like, okay, if she's, if she's right, then God then... She's got to love you the same as I love you or even more. If they're the right friends, then they have then they will either uh, match that same uh, love that you have for God or it's greater. And a lot of times if it's greater, I don't know about you, but if somebody can do what I do, but better, it makes it doesn't make me cower down. It makes me want to climb up to their level. So uh, we're getting ready to take communion. Understand this. You don't have to. It's, it's not forced upon you. But as we get ready to partake of the, the, the bread and juice, we don't, uh, we're, we're only doing um, a quarter or we're only scratching the surface. This practice is only scratching the surface. The true communion is you fellowship with God. You fellowship in with God. So um, as they pass it out, if you, if you want it, just if you want, the, if you want to take communion, if you want to partake in that, just let them know and they'll, they'll bring it to you. <clears throat>